Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Lots of people want to scale their property business this year. You may be listening in thinking this is going to be your year. Well, if you want to be successful in property, you've got to view properties. You've got to be looking at property. You've got to be making offers on property. It starts with arranging the viewings. But then before you make the offer, you need to make sure that you understand that this property is going to be valuable to you. When investing in property, there's many things that you need to understand and viewing a property is one of the jobs you have to do. Analyzing a deal is another job. Negotiating the deal is another job. I would consider myself an expert at analyzing the numbers, negotiating the deal. But when it comes to the actual build work, I surround myself with the experts who understand how to break down the costings, how much it'll take to, say, plaster the house, how long it'll take to plaster the house, etc. Now, on the first viewing... I know it's not possible for you to always bring a builder with you. You're going to be doing lots of viewings. So what I do on my first viewing of a house is I'll view that alone. But if I think it's a property that I want to proceed with, then I will bring the experts with me so they can show me um, things that maybe I've overlooked or missed, but that I need to know about before I actually purchase that house. Tradesmen are working on problem properties every single day you need to have them as part of your power team because they're going to identify problems that they've seen in other properties on the one that you're viewing right now. And that can save you significant amounts of money and keep you safe. So the following are the things that I look for when I view a house for the very first time. So where do I start? Now, I didn't even realize that I had a system initially, but when I thought about it, I actually follow the same process every single time I view a house. Stage one is I'll park my car on the street, away from the property, not in front of the property, and I'll get out of my car and I'll look up and down the street and I'll get an idea of the type of street the house is on. Is it a nice street? Is it well cared for, well looked after? What type of people live on the street? Is it owner occupiers? Is it rental? Is it a mix? Are there um, houses of multiple occupation on the street? I can identify those before I ever view my house. It'll be lots of bins outside or a lot of mess around the bins outside where different people aren't taking responsibility. So I'm looking to get, get a feel for who is going to be living on this street. So I'll know what my tenant type is going to be before I ever may, even step inside that house. Then I walk up in front of the property and I'll cross the road and I look at the entire house from the opposite side of the road. And I'm looking to make sure that there's no signs of cracks and damage to the front of the property, but I'm also looking at the roof. And I'm looking to make sure that there's no signs of any subsidence or movement. And you can tell on a roof if there's any um, like hollows or dips in the roof structure of the property. Also, what I'm looking for is I'll, I'll look across the rooftops of all the other properties on the street. And if there's a lot of properties on the street who've got new roofs in the last three, four, five years, what and the property I'm about to view doesn't have a new roof, I'm getting a picture of how long will that roof last. 
I don't, I'm not a roofing expert, but by just looking at the other roofs on the street and identifying ones that have been replaced, it's saying to me, this roof may need replacing soon. And I want to be going into the property and having a look in the roof space when I'm inside. And I bring a flashlight and I'm looking for gaps in the, in the inside of the roof as well when I get inside the property. Seeing if when I fla- shine a flashlight up through the roof, if I can see if there's, if it's got felt in there or if you can see straight onto the roof tile. Because a lot of properties you can see straight onto the roof tile, which means that it's not going to be insulated very well. And there's likely that damp, rain, etc. will eventually start to come through that roof and it would need replacing. Also, I'll then turn my flashlight off and I'll look into a dark roof space and see if I can see out through the roof. So see if there's any signs of light coming through. Now, if you're doing a viewing in the evening after dark, you want to come back and make sure that some point during the day, you have a look into that dark roof space and see if you can see any light coming through. Because again, it could be a sign that you need to do some roof work to this property. From the outside of the property, when I'm looking up at the roof, I'm looking for any tile movement. So any of the ridge tiles or any of the tiles that have moved that may need replacing and may need some work. And especially have a look around the chimney pots around the chimney to identify if there's any of the um, the lead or felt that's moved around the chimney. And again, if you've got bay windows to the front of your property or at the back or side of the property, the, the felt or the lead that's over the bay window, is it damaged? Is it dated? Is there any signs of wear and tear? And go inside the property again and have a look in, in the ceiling section of the bay windows to see if there's any signs of damp or any signs of any um, black marks or mould coming through in those areas that would identify that maybe the bay window section of the of the roofing area needs to be replaced. What I'll then do is I'll walk around the property from the outside again before I enter the house and I'll look at all the side walls, the front walls, the back walls on the brickwork. And I'm looking for any bricks that look like they've been cracked or any bricks that look like they've been blown. So quite often a brick, you'll see that the front of it has blown off and that can happen from frost damage or where water has got into the brick or where possibly the grout around the bricks has come loose or been damaged and it's letting water penetrate into the brick, meaning that that brick will then blow off. The other thing I'm looking for is if there's any signs of any salty residue on the bricks. If there's a sign of any salty residue, that could be an indication, again, of some damp issues as well. And you would want to get your builder tout out and have a look at that before you proceed. Then it's time to enter the property. Now, when I enter a property, I'm looking at the sitting room, the dining room, the bedrooms, pretty much all in the same way. I'm looking at it in six stages. This, the floor, the ceiling, and walls, one, two, three, four. Six stages. So the floor, is it a timber floor? Is it a concrete floor? If it's a timber floor, is there any signs of movement? When you step on it, is there anything loose? Stand on the corners and just kind of put a little bit of weight on the floor to make sure that the joist, you can't see them, but you can get a picture of, is the joist below the the, the carpet moving? Is there any sign of any movement? Because maybe you could have something like a woodworm or, or rot where the, the wood may need replacing, the joists may need replacing. So just by feeling the floor, seeing if, if it's, you can walk steadily on it or if there's any signs that it's creaking in any places may be a sign of some loose floorboards or worse, some rotting floorboards. If there's a cellar in the property, go down into the cellar 
and look up with a flashlight at the timbers because they'll be exposed from the cellar. So you'll be able to see the timber work, the joists from the cellar exposed and look closely at them to see if there's any little dots on them which could be signs of woodworm or rot or if they're chipping away on the edges or and also touch them and see if they're wet because there may be signs of damp or wetness in those floorboards which will give you an indication if there's any work that may need to into them. Then it's the ceilings. So have a look at the ceilings and see if they're newly, freshly plastered or even clean plastered or if they're uh, roof tiles or something, ceiling tiles in the property that might need to be replaced if you're going to be putting tenants in that property. Then have a look around the four walls. Are they wallpapered? Are they, again, plastered? Are they even? Run your hand across the wall and see if they're even. Is there signs of any damage? Is there signs of any damp? So have a look around the windows, the chimney, if there is any, and around the just the first couple of foot around the floor of the walls because there may be signs of rising damp. A good idea is to buy yourself a damp meter and test. You can get one of these in B&Q or in um, Screwfix or one of these companies and just touch the damp meter against the wall and identify if there's any sign of damp. Typically, if the damp meter is showing signs of damp more than about four foot up the wall or a meter up the wall, then it's going to be likely that there may be a bit of a damp issue in the property that you'd also want to get a builder to look at. A damp issue is not necessarily the end of the world. We live in the UK. It's a cold, wet country. Damp is in every property. It's about the scale of that damp. So if you put a damp meter against the wall in a property, it's the damp meter is going to beep. It's going to show some damp. But it could cost you nothing. It could cost you a couple of hundred quid or it could be thousands of pounds. Typically, if you do feel, get a damp meter and you can see signs of damp, if you put your hand against the wall and you can feel it wet, then that may be something that may be expensive. But again, it might be really simple. It might just be that the eave runs on the property, the gutters, maybe there's something leaking in through the gutters, through the eave runs, eaves outside the property. Maybe it's something simple to fix. Wallpaper also. So the, if you can see signs that the wallpaper is coming away from the wall, then that could be because there's damp behind the wallpaper. So you want to check the edgings of the, da- of the wallpaper and make sure that it's securely, solidly sealed to the wall. Because the problem with wallpaper is you can't really see what's behind it. But you can identify things that may well be behind it by if that wallpaper is not firmly stuck to the wall. Could be a damp issue. So if everything else in the property looks great, but you may be concerned that there could be a damp issue, you definitely want to get a builder to come in who specialises in damp and get them to give you a quote on what it may cost, if anything, to repair the, the issue. Another thing to have a look at as you walk around the property is for cracking. Now, if there's just what I would call a hairline cracks, very small minor cracks, it's not really an issue. But what you're looking for is the big wider cracks, ones where maybe you could fit a, a 5p or a 10p in between the crack, then you could have some subsidence or some structural issues. You want to get a structural person to come in and have a look at that. Talking about subsidence, look at the doors as well. So do the doors close properly? Every single room in the property, open and close the door. Make sure it closes properly. Make sure it it latches really well and there's no signs of any movement. So when you've got the door closed, have a look around, the, especially the frame at the top of the door and make sure that there's no gaps from the left of the door to the right of the door. And finally, in each room of the property, you've got the windows. 
Are they double glazed or are they single glazed? Is there signs that they may be a bit dated? Are they timber? Are they UPVC? What material is the windows made from? If they're timber, are they being treated? Are they being looked after? Do they need painting? Do they look like they've not been painted in 20 years? Is there a chance that those windows may need replacing? Is there any fog or mist in the glass? So a window where you've got fog or mist in the glass, then that window is likely to be to be what I would call shot and means that that glass will need to be replaced. Otherwise, you're going to be getting damp and you're going to be getting um, condensation and stuff coming through into the property. So we've covered the rooms of the property. There's one room we haven't covered yet, which is different to the other rooms. That's the bathroom. So in the bathroom, what you really want to do is run the water. So the bathroom and the kitchen, run the water, check the water pressure. Does the water get hot when you turn the hot tap on? With the cold tap, is there a lot of pressure or is it very slow? So check the water pressure. Also turn on the shower. So is there an electric shower or is there a mains connected shower that runs off the boiler? So check the shower. Is it powerful? Because your tenants, one of the things they're really going to be moaning about or worrying about, and one of the things that's very critically important in any property, and you'll know this in your own home, is how powerful the shower is, how warm the shower is. And finally, flush the toilet. So flush that toilet while you're there. Make sure that the the water runs through the toilet. Make sure the cistern fills up quickly. Make sure that when you flush it, there's not a really loud noise coming from somewhere else in the house from where the system feels old and dated. If your tenants have got this really loud noise going every time you flush the toilet as the system's been refilled, then they're not going to want to live in that property for long. And maybe you need to get the system updated. Then some of the generic things we need to look at. The boiler. The boiler's critical. So how do I know if there's a good boiler in that property? Well, you could just take a picture of the type of boiler and ask your gas engineer. Um, But also what I'm looking for is the installation date. There'll be a sticker on that boiler showing the date it was installed. Typically, a boiler in the first seven years should be pretty good. Boilers, I always try to work out that a boiler will need replacing every seven years. In reality, it can be a lot longer than that, but seven years is a good place because typically after seven years, that boiler will start to cause you more problems than it did in the first seven. It's just like a new car. The older it gets, the more problems it starts to cause, the more parts that need replacing. So what was the installation date of that boiler? And now, is there also certificates or stickers showing that that boiler has been serviced. So is it any sign of a service sticker on there? Because if it's maybe six years old and never been serviced, then there may well be issues with the boiler just because it's not been looked at at all in the last six years by a qualified gas engineer to make sure it's running properly. Imagine you having your car and you never took it for a service. The oil needs changing, the filters need changing, things, the tyres need changing, things need doing. Well, a boiler in your house is no different. So make sure that there's a sign that this boiler has been serviced. If not, there could be a sign that you're taking on a problem. And then it's the electrics. So if you're buying a residential house or even a house from an investor, but it's an older house, then the consumer unit is critically important that you have a look at. Consumer units are a few hundred pounds, but legally now in the UK... 
I'm not an expert on this, but I do know from my electrician that the electrics, you need to have one of those metal box systems now for so fire safety, etc. Um, there's a metal box consumer unit. I don't know the type. I don't need to know that stuff. What I need to know is that it's a metal box. If you've got one of these plastic consumer units, then immediately you know that that needs to be changed before you move your first tenant into this property. So it's going to cost you some money. The other thing I want to look at, I'm not an electrician, I'm not a wiring expert, but I want to look at the plug sockets. Are the plug sockets in each room like new up-to-date ones or are those they those really old ones that have got those really thin um, light switches? If they're the ones with the really thin light switches, it's likely that it's not just the plug socket that needs changing, but the entire house might need rewiring. And finally, some general stuff about the property. So the gardens. Am I that bothered about the garden? Not as much as the internal area of the house. A garden can be easily fixed up with it for a little bit of cash, get it nice and neat. I actually prefer when there's very little garden to maintain if it's a HMO property. And I like to have quite a decent garden if it's a single let property because you'll be letting to a family and they'll want a garden. But with a HMO type property, if there's a garden, then it's your responsibility to look after it. So you've got ongoing costs for gardeners to come and mow the lawns and stuff. But as a single let property, then the tenant is responsible for looking after their own garden. What I want to do is make sure I'm providing them with one that's in good condition the day they move in. But it doesn't have to be a football pitch. It just needs to be a nice, neat, tidy fence on either side between your property and the neighbours. Also on the outside, while you're having a look around, look out for rivers. Is there any river nearby? Is it possible that you may be in a flood risk area? Is the property, if there is a river nearby, at the bottom of a hill or towards the top of a hill? I've bought some property on streets where, in the recent flooding towards the end of last year, where the the property, some properties on the streets flooded, but mine didn't because mine were at the top end of the street up the hill from where the floods happened. Remember, water will always settle at the lowest point. So having a river nearby is not the end of the world, but it is if you're the first house between the river and that street. So what really helps me on a viewing is to bring a checklist with me. So you can tick off each item as you walk around the property. It's very easy to lose track and forget something when you're on a viewing. You're speaking to the estate agent, you're speaking to the homeowner, and you f- you walk into a room, you forget to check something, and then you maybe feel a little bit uncomfortable saying, can I go back in and have a look at this? If you do forget to see something, don't feel uncomfortable going back in to look at this. A property is probably the most expensive investment you're ever going to invest in in your life. You, it's not, you're not going to buy a bar of chocolate. You're going to spend tens of thousands of pounds on a property. If you've got something on your checklist that you need to see, make sure you see that thing. Don't worry about having to go back into a room. Quite often what I like to do is do three viewings. So go view the property the initial time. Go away, have a think about it. Do a little bit of research online about what house prices have sold for recently in the area, what they're renting for in the area. Do the online research around flood risks, all that sort of stuff. And then maybe even speak to the council about the type of street. Speak to the the um, environmental health officer about is there any environmental issues with tenants in the street. And get a good picture of that property and that area before you invest. Go back in for the second viewing. Just double check anything you're unsure of and Bring your builder with you if you want to. If you think this is a property I may want to buy, bring your builder with you. Get him to have a look around. 
and then come back for the third viewing, just finalize everything and get that offer in. You don't even need to do this viewing yourself. What you could do, you could get somebody else to go around the property with your inspection list to tick off everything and take some pictures or do a video. So I do a lot of of training, speaking, I've got different businesses and people always say to me, how do you have time to do everything? Well, I've got people that will do my my visits for me. So the first time a property is viewed, maybe even the second time the property is viewed, somebody else will do the viewing for me. If I know it's a deal that I want to proceed with, then I'll go and I'll do the viewing once, but I don't want to be doing three viewings. Even if you are doing the three viewings yourself, the first time you do it, Take a video for yourself so that when you're going away doing your research, when you're having a think, looking through your tick list of the issues, you can have a look at the video and maybe you spot something in that video that you didn't actually see in the property. I actually posted a couple of years ago and it's on my Facebook profile. I posted a video of a property walk around that I was doing and somebody commented on Facebook saying, was that a an animal or whatever that ran in the property. And when I looked and put it in slow motion, I was standing in the kitchen of a house. I didn't even realize in the property, a mouse ran between my legs and ran out into a hole under the kitchen. I didn't even spot it in the property, but it appeared in the video. So the videos can be a really cool tool to help you have another look back at that property in your own time with no pressure from a homeowner or an estate agent and identify things that maybe you missed. So there's some tips on how to structure a viewing, what to look for in a viewing. Your job now is to get out there, get those viewings booked in, get analysing properties, get looking at properties. Don't worry if you don't know everything. Bring your expert builder in, bring your tradesman in. He can advise you before you move forward about anything. He can advise you before you move forward about anything that you're unsure of. The key here is that you've got to get out, you've got to do the initial viewings. You don't need to know everything. You don't need to be an expert at everything. You just need to do the viewings and identify anything that may look like something you need to know a bit more about and bring the expert in to have a look at that. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. Remember, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. It's out every Tuesday. Make sure you subscribe. And hopefully I'll see you at one of the events here at Peterborough. Come and say hello. I've been Kevin McDonnell. You've been absolutely awesome.